This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Let me bring in uh, Brett Boone. He's the host of the Boone Podcast, which can be heard here on the Odyssey apps. He's got, he just uh, released a podcast, can't believe it. With uh, the big unit, former teammate of his, uh, Randy Johnson. And Randy does not do a lot of of media, so uh, to have him on the podcast was a pretty big deal. Uh, Brett Boone joining us here on CBS Sports Radio. Booney, what's up? Hey, Rich. How you doing? I'm good. Uh, the big unit. What did he talk about? The big unit, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he surprised me a little bit. He t- we talked about the normal things and, and – uh, just pitchers and and their uh, are they creatures of habit and how things have changed and you know Randy was a two two hundred plus inning guy every year no matter what and he just talked about the differences of preparing for to to go the long haul to to go seven eight nine innings so you got the uh, a mix of the normal stuff that you'd expect us to talk about but he really he kind of surprised me at the end and he started breaking down the NL the NL West you know he's he's doing some work for the Diamondbacks. And he was up to date. He was well versed. He was talking about the Dodgers in depth. He was talking about the San Francisco Giants. So it was a little bit of a different twist that I didn't expect. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I haven't I haven't talked to Randy. We were briefly teammates for a couple years uh, when I was just getting to the big leagues in the early '90s. But uh, all in all, tune in. It's it's pretty interesting stuff. Randy's always he's always got something something interesting to uh, to add. All right, how antsy do people get right now? Uh, this time of the year is uh, pitchers and catchers have already reported, and then position players like you start rolling in about this time of the year. Yeah, and, and you know, this even, even though I've been retired now for quite some time, 15 years or so, uh, it's still this time of year. And when that Super Bowl ends, it's usually that signal, all right, we're getting ready to, to go to spring training. Um, I don't miss chasing that breaking ball off the plate, but I do miss – Going, getting to spring and, and being with my teammates and my buddies. So that, that's probably never going to change. It changes throughout your career though, Rich, as far as anxious to get there. You know, when you're a young player early in your career, man, you can't wait to get there. You're showing up early. Uh, as time goes on and you become a grizzled, grizzled veteran, uh, you tend to be a little more, all right, let's get there. Let's get our work in. You, you, you know, your body, you know, your program. Uh, you have a little better idea of how to prepare for the season, and and spring training, spring training as you get older as a veteran player, seem to get longer for some reason, and you're chomping at the bit to to get to that opening day. But uh, it's a great time of year. Uh, everybody's hopeful. Everybody's going to win their division. So uh, we'll see how it shakes out. Have you noticed this on on uh, on Instagram and um, um, X and Facebook? I see a bunch of retired players. I know that it must be time for spring training. I saw Gary Sheffield standing there with a cigar in his mouth, just raking, <laughs> hitting balls the other day. I saw Will Clark hitting off the tee that he posted. I mean, this is the time of the year where you, you kind of feel like you want to have a bat in your hand, right? Well, we do until we see that pitcher on the other end, especially <laughs> now. Everybody, everybody's throwing 100. So, yeah, we're great. 
in the cage when it's a controlled environment and uh, like taking the hacks. But yeah, our time has passed. We know that, but it's it's cool to see uh, things like that. You know, Will had that that classic swing. Sheffield had the bat waggle. That's that's infamous in its own right. So yeah, it, it's cool seeing like that guys that I played against and with for a lot of years. So we know we know springs in the air. Um, let's talk about there's five guys standing out there that most folks, baseball fans, can't believe don't have a job. Um, we're talking about Snell. We're talking about Montgomery. We're talking about Martinez. Give me those five big players that are sitting there that haven't found a job, and why haven't they found a job yet? Well, one thing they have in common is they're all clients of, of Scott Boris. And Boris, obviously, you know, if I was a player today in my heyday, uh, I'd, it would be tough for me not to be represented by Scott Boris with his track record, what he's done in this game. So, he, he you know, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he knows what he's doing. But we're starting spring training now. You've got five, not only five, you know, top free agents, the top free agents with, with Blake Snell being the top, you know, other than um, – the Japanese player that came over and is going to the Dodgers. Yamamoto. Snell was not, yeah, Yamamoto. Snell was number two on the list for top free agents. So I'll, I'll tackle the pitchers real quick. You got Blake Snell coming off a Cy Young Award uh, winning season with the San Diego Padres, 234 punch outs, 225 ERA, probably the most dominant last four months of the season we've seen in a long time. I've seen this guy pitch. You know, living in San Diego, I've watched it, I've watched in the last few years. When he's got his stuff, Rich, when he's right, he's Randy Johnson. You know, we talked about the big unit at the top of the top of the uh, top of this episode. He's Randy Johnson. He's got that type of stuff. I think the question mark is, I'm sure the price tag's high that that Scott's putting out there for him. They want to know what they're getting. Are they going to get the Blake Snell of 2023? That, that pitched 180 innings, 234 punch outs, Cy Young, or is he going to get that Blake Snell they've had in San Diego in 2021, 2022? Kind of like just a serviceable number three pitcher. I think that's what's holding that up. You got Montgomery right behind him. He had a great run down the stretch with the Texas Rangers, ended up winning a World Series. He was kind of their go-to guy. Him and Evaldi uh, had a great year. He's really been a really good pitcher for the last few years. He started off with the New York Yankees, he went over to the St. Louis Cardinals, did great, and then Texas picked him up at a 3-2 ERA. I think he's in good shape. Pitched 188 innings last year. I think in the Boris category, he's in the number two slot. He wants Snell to sign, then we'll get to Montgomery. Moving on to uh, some position players, we've got Bellinger, Cody Bellinger, who last year was comeback player of the year with the Cubs, hit 306. He's looking for a big number. He's 28, probably as, as good an athlete as there is out there, can play center, can play first, uh, runs the bases, eh, extraordinary athlete. But once again, he's got a big ticket price. There's a lot of money out there, $100, $200 million. And I think the suitors are thinking, which Bellinger are we going to get? Are we going to get the MVP with the Dodgers? Or are we going to get the comeback player of the year a year ago with the Cubs? Or are we going to get 2021, 2022? Too, when he had a 165 average, a 210 average, and a 542, 654 OPS to go along with those seasons. They just don't trust which Bellinger they're going to get. And when you're talking hundreds of millions of dollars, that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big reason to be hesitant. Moving on to J.D. Martinez, the Dodgers uh, designated hitter. He's been 
one of the best DHs in the game for the last 10 years. Drove in 103 runs, coming off 33 home runs. He's 35 years old, so that's a little bit of a deterrent for, for uh, clubs, giving him a lot of money. Uh, but he's, he's been the, the model of consistency. 2021, he drove in 91. He's just going to be there year in and year out. Yeah, he's getting a little older, 35, but he's one of those guys in the game. He's kind of like a Justin Turner. He goes into that clubhouse and he changes the culture. He really is a student of the game. He talks the game. He's a hitting guru, and he could really benefit some team, not only what he can do on the field as a DH, but what he brings to that clubhouse as far as hitting knowledge. And I'll finish with a Matt Chapman. He's an elite defender, has been for a long time, has won a couple platinum gloves. But I just think the ticket price for him and the name recognition for him doesn't match what he does statistically on an annual basis. 716, 757, 755 OPS. In the last three years, he hit 240, 229, 210. You know, last year he hit 17 home runs and 54 RBIs. And if you're out there talking hundreds of millions of dollars, I think clubs are going to be very hesitant. So I think all these guys will find homes. I think they're all really good players, without a doubt. But it's just going to be, hey, what team's willing to step up for the price point? And I, I think they're going to have to back off that pr- that price point the longer we go. If I'm a player right now, especially these guys that are elite players in their prime, they got to be chomping at the bit right now, seeing you know, especially now with how much access we have to to coverage, seeing their buddies, seeing their teammates, seeing guys they played against. They're on the field getting ready first day of spring training. They're sitting at home probably going, Scott, what are we going to get my deal? So. Uh, these guys are all going to sign. They're all going to be big contributors to whatever team they, they end up signing with. But, man, right now as a player, I'm chomping at the bit. One guy I want to mention, too, before I go, that's not getting any play. You haven't heard much about him. He's been a great player for a long time. He's a batting champ. Tim Anderson with the Chicago White Sox. I haven't heard much. I heard the Marlins made him an offer. I think he's going to be a steal out there for a team that, that that's going to get a good price on an all-star caliber player. He can play short. He could play second. I think last year he just had a down year. A lot of negative things were swirling in that clubhouse in Chicago. I think he's going to be a, a diamond in the rough for somebody that, that gets a good price on Tim Anderson. We'll see what that happens. But those are my, my five premier, and then Tim Anderson is my bonus. It's going to be interesting to see where these guys go. Brett Boone joining us right now. You can check out the Boone podcast available here on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Now, I will say full disclosure that I'm friends with Scott. Um, I know him very well. Um, I think the world of him. And if I, if my son were good enough to play, Scott would represent him no problem. Um, he plays poker better than everybody else in the game. That's why fans dislike him and the media jumps all over him and he's Darth Vader, but he's awfully good at what he does. Um, I also wonder how much the the television contracts for some of these teams are, are holding things back because as we try to figure out what's going to happen with some of these regional sports networks, you don't have the certainty in media dollars over the next few years. As you know, I've, I've been telling fans for a while, we're going to migrate to streaming television uh, for Major League Baseball and, and MLB TV to get your game. So I think that's kind of holding things up where teams might be a little hesitant to commit a bunch of money out there until they get some more certainty in what's going to happen after the season with their television contracts. By the way, I sent you a text uh, when the show started. Did you see the text I sent you? That Kung Fu Panda Pablo Sandoval signed a minor league deal with the with the Giants. He's going to try to make a comeback. I think he played last year with Mac, with John McLaren over in Dubai. 
um, and he wants to come back and make another run with the uh, with the San Francisco Giants. Well, I'll tell you what. You know, Pablo had a lot of big years. It was a big part of that that San Francisco Giants run where they won the the three World Series in, in the two thousand teens. I forget the years. I think it was it was twelve, fourteen, and sixteen. If I'm 10, not 12, mistaken, 14. Could, 10, 12, and fourteen. Uh, he was a big part of those teams uh, at this stage of the game. And and I'll just speak from experience. Uh, late in my career, I took a year off, came back, tried to make a run at it. Now I was different. I was a middle infielder. Uh, but I'll tell you, overnight, Rich, and, and I got in as good a shape as I could get in for my last for my comeback season. I could play. I, I, I could have been a contributor on the right team. Uh, but, man, you lose a lot. Your legs aren't there. Uh, it's going to be a big-time uphill battle for, for someone like Pablo to come back. I wish him all the luck in the world. You know, it's great. He, he obviously still has that passion, but it's going to be a, a pretty pretty far reach for him to make that ball club out of spring training. You were talking about um, Scott Boris, and, and yeah, Scott, he's the best in the business. The people, the big boys hire him for a reason. He knows what he's doing. I agree with you on the television money. I also think, and, and what I'm hearing is, Scott Boris is very good at how he goes about the negotiation. He gets around the general manager sometimes, gets up into high management. Well, I think Major League Baseball has found a way to kind of block him for getting to upper management and, and ownership-type levels and doing the negotiations with them. That might be a little hindrance that's going on right now. But I think the bottom line is these guys, there's no, in that group that I mentioned, there is no aircraft carrier-type player. There is no Bryce Harper out there that is a rock star, and when you sign him, immediately changes the direction of your franchise or, or immediately makes you a, a, a World Series or, or a deep playoff run-type ball club. None of those guys I mentioned, with maybe the exception of Snell, if he pitches like the Snell of a year ago, he can be the difference maker, being that big-time number one. But the rest of these players, great players in their own right. But I don't see any big-time needle mover like a Bryce Harper, like a Mike Trout, like an Aaron Judge. I just don't see it in this group of players. You know, and as you look at that, and you're trying to figure out you know which who's gonna who's gonna blink first? I've always said this about Scott. Remember that game when we were little? Red Rover, Red Rover sent Brett right over. He just got to yeah. find the one guy, the one owner that is gonna be desperate enough to go. Fine, I'll give you whatever you want. And he's the best in the business at that. And you know, again, there's a couple guys I think that are just on a different plane. I think Scott, as far as representation goes, is on a different plane. And I've always said Andrew Friedman because he worked on Wall Street, working on billion dollar deals never, ever gets rattled with the Dodgers. So uh, I, I can't wait to see what happens over there. All right, since I'm talking to Brett Boone, uh, I know there's somebody in their car right now who's saying, hey, Rich, enough of that. Ask Brett how the Yankees are going to do this year. So let me make sure I take care of all of our audience members right now that are going, hey, Booney, what's your brother going to do this year? What's Aaron going to do? Uh, are the Yankees going to be any better? They should be. And uh... – the thing with the Yankees, and I've been saying it, and, I, and obviously I pay a little more close attention with my brother being in New York. Um, the whole key to the Yankees and that roster that they've that, that that they built over there in New York, it's all about health. If you can keep them healthy, they will get into the playoffs and they will make a run. Uh, you, you, You've got Garrett Cole at the top. You've got a run, uh, Rodon, who they picked up a couple of years ago. Big deal. It was a Cy Young Award uh, candidate two years ago. Last year, 
not so much. Didn't pitch very well. Nestor Cortez had an up and down season. You just had on the podcast a a couple weeks ago. I just had on the podcast. He had an up and down season. He's healthy. Uh, You bring in a Marcus Stroman, and for the price point, two years and thirty-eight million dollars. I really like the deal. He's a competitor. He's always out to prove himself. He's going to fit in that number three spot. They still have a power bullpen. They got Juan Soto, arguably one of the best hitters in all the game. He's going to be probably right in front of Aaron Judge. But the key is we vertigo they got in left field under the radar sign. I think he's a really good player. He's going to be playing left field. You're going to have Aaron Judge in center, and you're going to have Soto in right. The key to that team is Stanton's got something to prove. He's coming back. E.J. LeMayu has something to prove. Yep. Torres at second base is right in the middle of his prime. They've got all the firepower they need. The bottom line is they got to stay healthy. If you don't stay healthy, I don't care how much talent you have. You're not going to get to the finish line. If you stay healthy, this team has to, without a doubt. And I think the Yankees didn't go out and make a big splash other than Soto. Soto's got a lot to prove. He's in his walk year. It's a one-year deal. It's kind of a rental player. Right. He's going to have it all on the line, and he's going to go for it. I think you're going to see Juan Soto have an MVP caliber year. You get him and Judge working and, and both get it going, wow, that's, that's a one-two punch. As good as anybody in the game. But you've got to keep these guys healthy. I think if they position themselves uh, down the stretch when you get to that trade deadline, and these guys are in good position, I think they're going to go out and do that blockbuster deal and get that big-time pitcher. You know, that, that Scherzer type, uh, that Verlander type. I'm not saying the Scherzer that, or Verlander, the way that Texas but that's this year. Without a doubt. They're going to go out and, and score that big pitcher at the trade deadline, which kind of puts them over the top. So I think they're in good shape. Uh, I think it's a tough division, still a strong division, but with the, with the schedule equaling out now and not just beating up on each other in each division that you're in, uh, it, it's a balanced schedule. So you don't have to beat each, up, uh, beat each other up. Still, that being said, that's a really tough division they're in. They got to stay healthy. If they do, they'll be a playoff ball club again. I also think the Soto that it's a walk year for him, and it's kind of a runner player. I think he becomes one of the X factors. Does he play out of his mind to get that contract that they're just sitting there waiting to get, or does the pressure get to him to perform in the Big Apple? I think that's something uh, to keep an eye on in the early going. All right, we just got a couple minutes here, but I want to ask you a couple of clown questions. You ready? Sure. Robo umpires. We're going to get him in AAA. We're getting closer to the big leagues. Does Brett Boone like the idea of having automatic balls and strikes called? Well, I'll tell you this. I, I think it's a, it's attributed. I'm going to attribute it to me getting a little bit older, having a little bit more of an open mind as life goes on. Uh, if you would ask Brett Boone that ten years ago, yep, I just referred to myself in, in the third person. Hey, what are you, Ricky Henderson? If you would have asked me 10 years ago, I'd say, absolutely not. That's not what the game's about. You've got to keep the human element in there. The more I watch this game progress, the more I see it change, uh, the more I see the technology that we have at our fingertips now, I'm starting to change my mind a little bit and think, you know, yeah, I loved my time where, where the umpire was there, the human element was there, but what the umpire did is he established his strike zone early and the good ones kept that strike zone. So as a player, as a hitter, we know exactly what to expect. I think if you go to the robo-ump, it really, it really gets rid of the unknown. It's like, okay, whether I like the strike zone or I don't like the strike zone, I'm aware of exactly what the strike zone is because it's computer-generized. So, so I go to the plate, I know what to get. I'm, the unknown's not going to get me. 
that pitch that I know is off the plate, human error is not going to get me in that position. If I take a pitch, I know it's in that box that I've that I've that I've uh, you know been training on. I'm sure they're going to tell everybody exactly what the strike zone is. That's going to be something if it if it's implemented. Everybody's going to know exactly what the strike zone is. So the farther down the road we get, it takes the unknown out. And I think from a hitter's perspective, it's one less thing you got to worry about that consistent strike zone. With the technology we have, I, I, I'd be shocked if it wasn't implemented in the big leagues in the next two or three years. Um, all right, let me ask you this. Did Brett Boone ever yell at an umpire that he missed a pitch and then you go back in the clubhouse, you look on the screen and said, ah, I was wrong? Not too often. But Not every once often. in a while. Usually when I yell, I'm correct. Uh, yes, without a doubt. Because <laughs> he yells at me all the beings. time, folks. We're, we're human beings. Here's the thing. When, when you do this for a living and you go to the plate 600 times a year, over year year after year after year, you kind of have an idea. Your eyes trained, and you pretty much know within inches where the ball is. Uh, I found that the times that I was wrong, I was really in a funk. I wasn't swinging good. Uh, you know, maybe there were some some – some faults in my approach at the time. My head was moving. My head was pulling off the ball a little bit, which distorts my view of reality. So usually when I was, if I was locked in and in a groove and, and seeing the ball well, hitting the ball well, rarely was I wrong. When I, when I told you it was a ball, I can check the tape, and it was a ball pretty much every time. But those times where I was, where I was frustrated, wasn't, wasn't swinging well, wasn't getting many hits, wasn't seeing the ball that well, and maybe it's chalk it up to a little bit of frustration on top of, of, of getting rung up on a borderline pitch. Uh, your eyes are, are, are deceiving you because they're not in the right spot. Your head might move a, a, an eighth of an inch, and that's just enough to skew your perception of that strike zone. So, yeah, I was definitely wrong. We're all wrong at, at times. But more times than not, especially at the big league level, these guys, when they have a beef with a strike or a ball, they're usually right. There you go. Brett Boone joining us. All right, Booney, I'm way over time. I got to go. Thanks very much. Check out the Boone podcast. Uh, let's see. You had Randy Johnson on Thursday. Uh, well, who else do you have coming up? Coming up, we've got Nelson Cruz coming up, just retired a year ago, the great uh, designated hitter. And we're gonna, uh, we've got Greg Olson, the, the closer, rookie of the year, uh, Baltimore Oriole Hall of Famer, now doing some work with the Orioles. He really breaks down the Orioles. Was last year. Uh, something that we can expect in the future. Are they for real in that tough American League East? He does a real good job of that. And today I just uh, I thought we'd do a knuckleball session. And who else to do that? We're going to have Charlie Huff coming on. So those are the next three coming up on the Boom Podcast. Tune in and uh, subscribe. It's, it's, it's a good show. All right, on the Odyssey app right here. All right, Boney, thanks so much. I'll talk to you later. I appreciate Brett it, Boone. Rich. Thank uh, you. Check him out on the Boone Podcast. We'll continue with you. This is CBS Sports Radio.